friend, welcome to this official mandatory redistribution party, Mindfulness Exercise, designed to help you realize your goals, and dare I say, your dreams. If you've never done this kind of thing before, it's very easy, because it's exactly the same as how we assume everyone listens to this podcast anyway. Gently put down your dumbbells, kick off your crocs, email your manager the following. Please do not disturb my mindfulness break. Subject header. Urgent. Sit down in your beanbag. Really let it swallow you up. Get your posture as fucked but as comfy as possible. Ideally, if your boss does ignore your email and interrupt you, they should be concerned they have stumbled upon a corpse. Okay. Now we're ready to begin the visualization process. Close your eyes, breathe in slowly. Slow it. That's, that's too quick, but, but we can carry on, we can carry on, it's fine. Breathe out. Nice, okay, you, you smashed up. You gently sink into a trance. Try to imagine that your stresses, your anxieties are leaking out of your ears. Feel your despair drip onto your shoulders and down your arm and down your fingers into two little despair bins. Sorry, I should have said before, you should have put your hands in your crocs so you can feel the anxieties drip where you said, but it doesn't matter, we can carry on, we can carry on. So focus, keep breathing, don't stop breathing or your boss might find you actually dead in a beanbag with this podcast playing, which would be a PR nightmare. With each breath, your anxieties pour out your ears like obsidian sludge glug 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 not your problem anymore the sensation of the sludge exiting your brain and soul fills you with pure elation you're proper buzzing for it you can feel joy zipping from your tummy all down your legs and arm bones the joy is inside the sludge is outside. You awaken to find your dream realized in front of you. Hello? Yeah? Yes, it's Jack Evans. What's this regarding, please? No. Can you delete my number from your system? Cheers. GDPR. Yeah. Data Protection Act. I don't care, Mum. The law's the law. Sorry about that. I haven't got time to record this again, so this is going to have to do.
Welcome back to Mandatory Redistribution Party. My name is Jack Evans. And my name is Sean Morley. Today we're talking mind crimes, psychic misdeeds, bonds felony. How has lifestyle, something which used to just flatly describe the various ways in which people live out their days on this hulking rock, morph into an insidious ideology sluice built from a million cottage industries. We also get into the apparently rampant problem in Indonesia of hypnotist-induced theft, as well as the role of hypnotists in law enforcement and the workplace. Feeling sad at work? Why not ask HR to let you pop to the hypnotist between shifts to trick your brain into thinking you're actually very happy? and a chicken. Thanks to all our supporters for listening, sharing and poking all the engagement buttons on our social media. Your ongoing assistance has been incredibly helpful for growing the potty into what it is today. Very good and a chicken. And a two thumb salute in honor of our patrons on Patreon. I've seen some people refer to these people as patrons, but every episode I cannot bring myself to do it. Thank you for your subscriptions and if you also would like to join the ranks of our supporters then head on over to patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party where you'll unlock some extra bits and some pieces is it time to begin i'm setting my brain to fully legal i am wiping my brain of all crime my eyes are shut and i am visualizing the green cross code i am defragging my soul (laughs) i'm thinking about a crime and then thinking about a big red x coming over it with the family fortunes buzzer we're going under Uh, there's an amazing Japanese movie called, well, it's, it's it's not amazing, but I enjoyed watching it and would recommend you watch it if you like the sound of this premise. Uh, it's called Simon or, or Hypnosis. It's like a late 90s movie. And the premise of the movie is that there's a series of suicides that happen. All of the people who have uh, have died are connected by having like similar visions before they mm. die. And the police suspect they're not actually suicides that they've all been hypnotized into killing themselves it has someone run themselves to death in it oh what just run flat out uh-huh. until you die uh-huh. oh that's grim yeah that's yeah pretty it's, grim. It's, it's it's uh oh yeah it's it's like a it's it's not a good time film it's a murder film it's a, it's yeah. a japanese psychological thriller but it's a good premise yeah i think that's pretty good i don't know how you do that investigation well i don't know how I you do the you investigation I don't know. Like, and then you'd be people annoyed that couldn't hypnotize. And also you versus a hypnotist. So maybe the hypnotist could just get you, get you to kill yourself. Then you're fucked. Yeah. Would it, if I was a hypnotist and I was just hypnotizing people to kill themselves in what I felt yeah. was the perfect crime. But then despite it being the perfect crime, there is actually a lead investigator on this case. who's like, I think a hypnotist did this. Well, they'd have to bring the hypnotist in for questioning. Uh, yeah, yeah, the hypnotist yeah. would be like, don't investigate this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, right. they, if they have like magic level, what you think hypnotism is when it's a, in a cartoon, mm-hmm which they would have to have to be able to make people do suicide, then you're, you're fucked. But this is it. Like in hypnotism, you really can just be like, nah, I don't want to, which yeah, sort of renders it completely pointless. Yeah. Commit suicide. No, I'm, I like living. And I don't well, know well, that's the other thing, well isn't it? Is uh, the, the hypnosis only apparently work, supposed to work when you're already suggestible towards existing things. So it can't make you do things you completely don't want to do. It can only make you pursue desires or things that are already in. Some people use hypnosis to, to empower their willpower. You know, like if someone's struggling with like a diet or just focus on an aspect of their work or something, people mm. will pay hypnotists to hypnotize them to try to get their subconscious more on their side or whatever to improve their willpower. But, but it, will, it will only accentuate things that are already there. 
Well, do you know, this is coming close to, like, Alan Moore-style, like, mm. modern magic or Alan Moore-style, mm-hmm. like, conscious yeah, yeah, paganism, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. where, like, my understanding of it is is that you sort of externalise a desire uh-huh. by the creation of a ritual. Yeah. And that ritual kind of creates a feedback loop in that, like, you know, there's this idea that a ritual creates a liminal space. Mm, the mm. liminal space is where you come out of it different to how you came in. Mm. And by externalizing it, then an external force acts upon you. And mm. that feedback loop can actually create lasting change more so than just mm. being like, I should go for walks more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. As much because just isn't as impactful on your system. And if hypnotism is just those kind of magic suggestions uh-huh. whereby you can be like, I still don't agree with you. Mm. Maybe I'm all for it. Maybe hypnotism's just... <laughs> well, is it just a kind of... Is it in the same category as, like, mindfulness or, like, cognitive behavioural well, therapy? Well, now I think it is. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? I had this idea. I've always talked to you about it. Like, you, uh-huh. in order to create a work-life balance at home during yeah, the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. you create a different state for your uh-huh. room uh-huh. or, like, your desk. Yeah. So I still use my desk when I'm not strictly doing work stuff because it's yeah. a tabletop. Yeah, yeah. But you could have, like, for instance, just a light mm-hmm. that will be in a different state. Mm-hmm. Is that a spell? Is that hypnotism? Am I hypnotizing myself to try and concentrate better on doing my emails? Who knows? You know, we come back to you can manipulate and change other people's behavior or your own behavior in various ways. Like, where, <laughs> what, what is and isn't hypnotism? <laughs> is saying please hypnotism? <laughs> is courtesy a trick? Do you know, like, if I ask for something and I don't get it and I go, Please. Please. Have go, oh, go on then. Oh, then, then. Have I done, done a hypnotism? You're hypnotist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't even need a watch. That's, and that's when I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when people are called to the priesthood. That's when I knew I had a sign. I was a hypnotist. Do you know about the Indonesian mind control robberies? The Indonesian mind control robberies. That sounds like you don't um, know about them. Yeah, I'm using the uh, the quintessential phrase of someone who does not understand of stalling for time by repeating words they've just heard. Um, no, I don't know. I, presuming they didn't steal mind control, they used mind control to rob. Indonesia's law enforcement have got a lot to be dealing with. Constant accusations of people using black magic. But mm-hmm. another separate issue, or possibly, into, I think hypnosis could be a subgenre of black magic if we get into it. Basically, you get people going up to a cash point, emptying out all their money they have, and then going to give it to someone. And then the cops would be like, why did you do that? What? And they'd be like, oh, I was, I was hypnotized. They've never convicted the hypnotist. No one's been convicted of like criminal hypnosis, but the accusations are rampant. But the difficulty, right? The difficulty of convicting it would be, I mean, it depends how much money you need to give for the police to get involved. But if yeah. I thought I could get him sent to prison, Mm. And it'll cost me a hundred pounds or two hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. I just yeah. need to hand I just need to like put on a glazed expression uh-huh. and hand them that money and they'll go, Oh, great, yeah. a grand. You I, I like, will accept that. You know where the CCTV is, so you're like, meet me where the CCTV is. Or even do it at the ATM because they have like cameras inside them, don't they? Mm. Meet me here and I'll give you two hundred quid. You can just pay to have people go into prison. Perfect. Right, thanks to a genuine belief in this hypnotism based robberies. <laughs> I think your idea of using it to pay to lock people up is possible but i also think that people have just been traditionally conned you know in the tradition as not as if it's traditional as in the way that it regularly happens people get conned by conists i've been conned i've uh, been conned yeah 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 i've been conned right so but instead of admitting that you were just straight up conned because that's like a gotcha right 
if you got conned, it's like you got you got done, you got owned, and you're mm. like the stupid one. But if you say you got hypnotized, <laughs> it's like another level. You know, like it separates you out a bit from from any kind of culpability because you were, you know, someone just got out of pocket watch and just like got. So conned. you're saying it's like a bit of toxic masculinity of being like. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't empathise with someone's sob story about how they need to go back on the train to get back to uh, do this job because they're stranded. I wasn't empathising with someone. I actually had got magic done in my very weak mind. Exactly. That's exactly what I think's happened. Yeah. I'm not empathetic, actually. I'm psychically weak. <laughs> you can't judge me. That, yeah, you can't judge I'm still physically strong. I don't have yeah. empathy. I'm psychically weak. <laughs> but that's what they're playing, right? Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's what I think is going on. Face. Yeah, that's what I think is going on. People saving space. I find the fact I find that any police involvement with hypnosis is just dodgy because that's the cops. That's so that's Indonesian police investigating people who've said of mm. oh, you know people who said they've been victims of hypnotists. But the cops use hypnosis for stuff. So everyone knows, like the, the CIA and the Soviet um, equivalents were well into hypnosis. You know, like at the same time, there's the space race. Everyone was trying to do like the brain race. We're trying to. We're talking MK Ultra stuff, right? MK Ultra is the big one. Everyone knows about the CIA one, and although they also tried to mind control the MK Ultra is like humans, but they also tried to mind control dogs. So they tried to create like remote controlled dogs, and there was a load of stuff declassified a few years ago, which was like pictures of beagles with like these helmets on with like receivers. I, here's what I find strange about this. What the fuck is hypnotizing or mind controlling a dog? Like dogs will pretty much do what you say, especially if you've got like a well, biscuit. This is when we were talking about people. I still was in this position of like, how am I supposed to understand mind control? Like, am I supposed uh, to think of it as a form of magic that's beyond yeah. what I currently understand about the <laughs> yeah. world, or yeah. is it just like I will look down your eyes and I'll go do this, and someone in a bit of a Milgram experiment way goes, "Oh, all right, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> I guess I will." But to a dog, you train the dog to do whatever you like anyway, and dogs being used mm. in like. Well, animals being used in like war and covert operations. Well, maybe less so in covert operations, yeah. but animals <laughs> being used and militarized. Covert operations. Carry on. Yeah, I bet you can find some oh, spy dog. Wasn't there? Wasn't there a story of like there was like a a, a Soviet? Yeah, um, yeah, the the bomb. They dogs. were training. Yeah, trying to train dogs to like go under tanks. Look under tanks. Yeah. Like put bombs under tanks, but yeah. they only. The only tanks they had to train them with was their own tanks. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So when they actually deployed the dogs, the dogs put the bombs under the tanks that they were trained with, which were their own tanks. So they just used dogs to blow up their own tanks. I've accident. heard that, but don't know if it's it sounds, true. It sounds apocryphal, but I think it's the kind of apocryphal history that does no damage to spread as a kind of... You know, I'm a big believer that yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not was a valid historian. <laughs> and I'm happy to continue the cultural legacy. In terms of mind control, because you can manipulate someone to do a thing without hypnotizing them the, hip the hypnosis method feels like another leap because you can you can use various things to manipulate someone to do something if you're like the cia we do have a thing called peer pressure is this we're mm. going to go right back to the indonesian yeah. thing of like yeah. people will do things for weird reasons kind of milgram experiments uh -huh. kind of reasons and they're just like you had the right kind of coat on so i just did everything you said and now i'm embarrassed and it's a bit easier for me to be like you did like a mega wizard thing to me than being like I just was scared of your coat and I was worried you'd hit me or put me in a prison. Yeah. Um, well, and then like spy cop stuff as well, because we're, we, we're, you know, Western places will be like, we don't have a secret police. We just have undercover police. They're not secret. Mm. Yeah, but they're undercover. What's the difference? They're not secret. But you go up to them and say, you the police. They say, we're not the police. And then you vanish. <laughs> <laughs> and you disappear. 
But like secret police ingratiating themselves, you know, there's, 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 sorry, again, we call them in the West undercover police officers. Um, they have had entire like marriages and lives with people that are based on lies mm. and they're manipulating them to get lies out of them. And obviously there's no hypnosis that's happened there, but there's, there's mind control in the sense of you have like outright constructed it like this huge elaborate lie. I suppose hypnosis would be easier if it, hypnosis has exists in the sort of, you know, because hypnosis is one of those car kids cartoon things where you're like worried in adult life that you're going to encounter quicksand, lava, hypno hypnotists. Yeah, it's just one of those things. You'll hit at some point a tundra themed zone and you'll yeah. need to use sliding mechanics to solve a puzzle. <laughs> you're, just, you're just worried about these things that never materialise in your life. Yeah. Didn't they learn, they, like what they learned through MKUltra is mm. that you could reset someone so they don't remember a thing about themselves and then not apologize yeah that's one of like things. the full extent. well that, that was like the goal of what they, they wanted to create assassins who wouldn't know they were assassins there was two goals you needed to like take something out put something yeah. in they yeah. let you could kind of take something out but like lots of people have something taken out it's just called ptsd like you can give someone ptsd that's not a, a complicated scientific thing <laughs> you could traumatize people without being a scientist well yeah so on it, it memory is interesting isn't it because it's not foolproof. Uh, you know, hypnosis aside, whether you've had, or, or you know, any process of suggestion aside, memory as it functions day to day is not foolproof. I would, I would say that in much, much, much stronger terms. I would say we have only a merest glimpse of what has happened to us <laughs> well, <laughs> at any point in our life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would agree with this, right? So hypnosis can be used and is used by police to get witness testimony and also mm. to get information from suspects. And there's a debate about whether that should be used in courts. I can't remember its status in the UK. Like there's, there's recent Supreme Court judgments. There's certain states have banned its, its use. So I think California's banned the use of hypnosis to specifically in courtrooms. So like they, they felt the need to ban in courtrooms, there in the courtroom, people using hypnosis. What should I be picturing when we're talking about this hypnosis? We're not talking about like... Someone dangling a watch. Yeah, an illusionist making you look into like hypnodisc. Well, it'll be some... wheelies in the it'll, courtroom. It'll be someone with a PhD who's like a um, psychiatrist and they'll say it's like hypnotherapy or whatever. It's just another desire for truth serum because it would make courts so much easier. Yes, exactly, exactly. But that's the thing, it's not truth serum, is it? So there's been big problems. And one of the reasons that they've got rid of hypnosis, well, you know, some states have banned hypnosis and it's still, the, you know, other states have done nothing about it, is there's examples on both sides. There's examples of when people have been hypnotized and they've been able to accurately recall details that they've perhaps suppressed because of, for example, PTSD, which you mentioned before. And they have then accurately given information that's helped you know, that's been corroborated by other evidence that's then led to some sort of conviction or whatever. And then on the other side, there's people who've been hypnotized into like supposedly dredging up memories in more detail. And like everything they've made up is, it's just total fiction. You know, like they're giving people tattoos they don't have or like describe, you know, like just describing mm. totally wrong things. But basically what you're talking about here isn't a the problem with hypnosis. It's the problem with memory. This is my, you know, like if you're like, oh, we're going to ban hypnosis. Mm. But because it can, it, it's in it, you know, it, the memories it can bring up are unreliable. What I would say to that is, is like, yeah, that's all memories. So you fucked then, aren't you? The entire court system has to go. A memory is risky anyway. Memory is its own random number generator anyway, because, you know, you, you remember a fraction of what you are, what you have lived. But the moment someone goes, it is of vital importance you remember this date. 
most people, when they remember things, are embellishing a germ of something they are confident is true with a big shroud of additional detail so it seems more like a picture. There is an additional inherent risk of hypnosis is because hypnosis there's always a hypnotist right how can suggestion be free from that because because someone has to then frame the question to you and also as a hypnotist who is presumably employed by the state you have to be like well i need something to come out of this person that has some relationship to the trial so if they're telling me a lot about like their favorite brand of matey bubble bath i need to push them into something that's going to get a, a conviction or or get someone free that's why hypnotism is going to just be inherently risky. I think maybe the only way to make the hypnotisms, you need to demystify hypnotism so it can be used in the court. So maybe normalise hypnotism in all areas of life so that people don't feel it's some sort of special power. That that way, I think it could be sanctioned. Because at the moment, it's too mystified, right? I have no idea what it is and how it works. And I don't know. One of the big question marks mm. I have about hypnotism is some people just can't be hypnotised. Some people just immune. Yeah, it's like twenty percent, and then there's people. There's like fifteen percent of people who are more open to being hypnotized because you have to Mega choose to be hypnotized. You have to choose to be hypnotized, which is um, why it's so useless at the courts. You yeah. could just you could just be like, no, it's a truth serum, or pretend it's a or, mega truth serum. Yeah. But you could be like, nah, <laughs> no. But also, I you can just make shit up if you want. You make shit up, and then to the jury, it's still given this like patina of like a wizard discovered this, and they're like. That's quite high up in the evidence legitimacy ranking for me then. The wizard stuff. You ever seen a hypnotist? Only a stage, like a stage hypnotist. I've never been in trouble with the law is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you can't help thinking of the cops doing it as like the stage guy with the watch, right? And the cape. Yeah. That's why. That's why. I'm imagining a kind of swirling high vis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen. I, I remember this 18th birthday party I went to in uh, Pristatin that had a hypnotist and it hypnotized this one guy to dance with a mop it, that he supposedly believed was Beyonce. And it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. This is the one of the things I don't get, right? Because you're given these, these situations of like you're dancing with a mop and you believe yeah. this mop is Beyonce. If I believed Beyonce was in my house uh-huh. and let's say I really did want to dance with Beyonce. Yeah. My reaction to that wouldn't be just to immediately start dancing because I'd want to establish a few key things like, I got some questions. I want to dance. You know what I mean? I do want to dance with you. But I'm also confused. And why does that not come out? Because if I genuinely have that belief, and that belief sits just like all my other beliefs in a matrix of knowledge that helps guide my actions, why am I not being like, so Beyonce, like, why are you here? May I ask? You I would be stage, If that happened in a stage hypnotist and it, it, they couldn't jump immediately to this mop is Beyonce and dance with, with Beyonce... And the person under hypnosis began asking those questions. I would find that, I would want to know the answer to these questions. You know, I would want to see what Beyonce is saying. What the hypnotist wants to give people is a funny dance show and you can laugh at your friend dancing. What they don't want is to give people like a very poor whose line is it anyway scene between a mop and your mate who's never been on stage before. So like clearly what they've done is not what they've said they've done. They haven't placed a belief about the identity of the mop in your friend's head something else is going on where mm. the friend knows to be performative and to dance and they're being guided by that vibe but that means hypnotism is something different to what we're being told it is is it magic and it can't be because <laughs> well it can't be because can it? <laughs> no because you know what i'd be so pissed off after being 
desperate for just some wisp of the supernatural to be real when I was seven. Oh, it turned out to find out that it is real, but it's just it's only held within like <laughs> rubbish, like Tenerife all-inclusive event style stage performances and cops like, and cops. Yeah, Tenerife all-inclusive performer circuit and cops is the worst overlap <laughs> that any discipline can have. I just can't get past the idea of cops hypnotizing witnesses to get to get information it's just such a bizarre apparently fairly common as well but it's absent from most tv depictions most tv depictions of cops are very limited in many ways but one of the things it doesn't show you know it doesn't show them doing hypnosis that often it's shown them doing loads of other stuff that doesn't work like all of this yeah, crime yeah, scene yeah, yeah. spatter analysis looking yeah, yeah. and all this like oh i saw you moved your elbow like one inch and that means when you're remembering something from thursday actually you were inventing it to deceive me what they have done is they've left out the actual wizard magic and they've turned quite fallibilistic and actually quite minor details of like trying to make patterns out of crime scenes into <laughs> a different kind of magic that like always works and it's like talking with ghosts yeah. through looking at some blood on the wall. Yeah. And and that's had like a knock-on effect of, of juries now. Exactly what I was talking about with hypnosis. Yeah. Juries now put so much credence on like crime scene investigation, yeah. forensic yeah. DNA tests, yeah. like how the blood sprayed up against this wall because TVs told them this is on par with, with real magic. And they're like, <laughs> that's, just, that's just legit. So maybe it's good that no one's done the hypnotising cop CSI spin-off just yet. Because <laughs> otherwise people would be clamouring for it. Maybe there was more hypnosis in old cop shows because confession obtained by hypnosis was ruled inadmissible under section 76 and 78 of the Police and Criminal Evidence Act, 1984. Wow. Thatcher banned cops hypnotising uh, people to get confessions. Do you know the guy who invented um, hypnosis? Franz Mesmer. No. A mesmerised. Uh -huh. Interesting. Uh -huh. okay. Yeah, yeah. He thought... His, I had this theory called, he's like this guy, Austrian guy, I think from the 1700s. And he thinks that we've all got this magnetism. It's the 1700s and maybe they haven't fully understood magnets yet. So he's thinking, he, his whole deal is like, there's all these magnetic flows through all of us and you can mm -hmm. change their flow and that's how you can mind control people. Well, I always think going back to folklore, isn't there like, it's such a big folklore thing that a uh -huh. thing, a kind of a thing, a kind of a magic person yeah, yeah, that yeah. can put you under a glamour or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah, like... Yeah, yeah set a fire to the brooms. They go, why have you set fire to the brooms? Go, oh, I've got no idea. Do you know, I'm thinking back, I'm like, well, what was that? Because whenever you've got these like folklorish yeah. uh, things that have definitely that appeared in multiple cultures, you're like, well, what is that? What's the common denominator there? And I think it just takes us right back to the ATMs in Indonesia where someone's like, oh, I, I don't want to admit that I started a fire just because yeah, some random beggar told me to. So actually, I think maybe a wizard. Yeah, wizard or <laughs> I a witch. I met a witch. I met a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something came out of the bog. It looked like a fish. Yeah. And it did. It told me to steal some of your uh, woolen mats. <laughs> but, <laughs> but unfortunately... I did, it, I did it for the bog monster. Unfortunately, the difference between Indonesia now, where they'll probably go, what the fuck are you talking about, to England in the 1200s... <laughs> Mm. They'll be like, like what's she that witch over there? Right. I was thinking of burning her before she'd been accused of a crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scans actually. That actually fits with my current prejudice that anything outside of my <laughs> thatched household is the work of the devil. And I have already pre-lighted a bit of stick. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a wicker man ready for weeks. <laughs> I've had the kiln at maximum temperature <laughs> for several months 
awaiting a dark messenger into which I may burn alive. <laughs> yeah, and at that point, the guy starts going, yeah, there's no need to do that. I was... It was it's just my cousin. Sorry, it was we were having, it was yeah, it was peer pressure. pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Peer pressure, don't do this. Yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know who's like the modern wizard, the sort of secular spiritual leader is the yogi, the the or the person who they probably wouldn't call themselves that, just like a yoga, well-being, mindfulness consultant. And they have actually, uh, thinking of magical thinking, the whole yoga new age industry, let's call it, has got a big problem with like QAnon conspiracy stuff. Like, you know, the classic, which we've spoken about before on the podcast, which is sort of the classic radicalization outright route, which is teen white boy watching Jordan Peterson videos on YouTube and then gets algorithmed into being brain wormed. So their brain is completely smooth other than, just 2D images of swastikas over their smooth brain. But now, like, you look at, you know, you look at QAnon marches and anti-mask marches and anti-vax marches, and there's, like, like middle-aged women with their children there, and they are not watching Jordan Peterson videos. They got there through yoga Instagram. This really confuses me because isn't yoga... I've done yoga. Mm. It's relaxing. Yeah, it feels it's nice. Yeah. You get endorphins. Yeah. And I always assume that like conspiratorial thinking comes from a need to satisfy some uh some tension yeah in your chakra that <laughs> yoga is actually perfectly equipped to resolve on its own without dealing in for instance anti-semitism yeah yoga and mindfulness are, are good good things that have been they've, they've stood the test of time they've stood the test of science oh i actually think that mindfulness is a sort of a new invention that's a bit spurious and that yoga is just a real form of exercise with genuine utility. I, I wouldn't lump them because I consider one. I consider one. Of- oh, but mindfulness is just an appropriation of um, another aspect of those kinds of teachings to do with your mind, study, body. But it's of, both of them have been commodified and co-opted. But yeah, mindfulness both- is like a brand and a product, whereas meditating yeah. is ancient. But well, mindfulness so, comes well, on an app, whereas meditating you can do. In your yeah, I think. No, I think mindfulness is its own thing, but it has it has been. I think you can disconnect the word mindful because mindfulness is just a direct translation from Buddhist terminology. So I don't think it's. I think it has been co-opted and commodified, but I don't think it's total shit. Like it becomes total shit when it's commodified and co-opted and used as like a means of control by corporations or or a way for HR departments to not actually address anything. Like your boss is constantly harassing you. Oh, the way the way you should deal with that is just meditate. It's the mo- the modern form of the Protestant work ethic of just put everything onto the individual and like it, it, learn to manage your suffering. Uh, that's fucked, and that isn't an ancient useful teaching. But like m- mindfulness predates the the corporate version of it, definitely. Although I mean, not to go into the weeds here, but like mm. there's a re- the very even with yoga, there's a very difficult line to draw in the sand about are we talking yeah, about yeah, the entirety yeah. of yoga, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. exists in different parts of the globe and in different parts of the globe is like very mystical or religious or just practical and exercise mm. based. Mm, mm, mm. Whereas what it means as it's been like squeezed through the commodification filter when it's come out in the West as like a series of YouTube videos and also like this thing we do in the break room. (laughs) It's come out as this really different thing where like, I think first it it was just, that's a cool set of exercises that really strengthens your core. But now it's connected to like, 
you also need to do this to like blank out your f- head space mm. so that you're not stressed for a little bit. You can gain a reprieve from stress by like almost going completely blank in your head for a while. And you can use that instead of sleep to do more work. <laughs> They're huge things, but I, I think we can just pinpoint it and say that the aspects of these practices that are originally about like transcending the ego or actual self-improvement, they become disconnected from any concern for social things, become ultra-individualist and become, ironically, a a different kind of ego feeding monster yeah and like it is sort of self-contradictory to be like okay i'm a tech ceo i'm just <laughs> going to do buddhism for an hour where i will have no desires and then after that i'm going to lower my workers rate <laughs> wages so that i can release a new option on an app that sells children's brains <laughs> You know, Starbucks fully offered like a, um, but they offered a free subscription to a mindfulness app for workers. And it was, and, and I think it happened when the workers were demanding a wage increase and they didn't give them a wage increase. They just went, oh, you can have this instead. I want you to be calm <laughs> under your current conditions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to change anything about your current conditions. I just want you to accept them. <laughs> Which yeah. I don't think if we went back 3000 years was the main vibe of the original folks who came up with these ideas. <laughs> yeah, you're imagining like the peasants revolting with like pitchforks and the king going, here's actually a few stances you can do. I'm going to talk you through, I'm going to talk you through a few motions actually. I think maybe this is a muscle problem with you guys. <laughs> you know, like when you, you see you see people who are like hustling, they're like, oh, I spend this many hours a day doing business, business stuff, but also this many hours a day drinking health shakes and going for a run. And this is a big Silicon Valley tech thing, yeah, right? You've yeah, got yeah. like the new, anytime one dies, mm. all of Silicon Valley comes around, they cut open the carcass of a rabbit and they find <laughs> the new person to put the turtleneck on. And that turtleneck <laughs> person will only drink smoothies made from kale and and dew. <laughs> and they will not imbibe solid foods and they will only sleep one hour a night and their lifestyle will be so reified, refined, cut like a diamond that any thought they have is automatically the truth. It's like a, it's like a papal edict. <laughs> they are so lifestyle brain boss. And then they will die and the turtleneck will be passed on. They yeah, will they die will of die malnutrition. Immediately. And before they hit the ground, that turtleneck is going to be pulled off of by an intern <laughs> to ensure that no dust gets on the fibres. But isn't that one of the most interesting things about this shit? Is that on the one hand, it is used to... It is co-opted and commodified to control the workforce by not actually addressing any of their material concerns like low pay or stressful targets or horrible workplace culture. And at the and same time... as well. Yeah, yeah, and bad health. And then at the same time... It's sincerely believed by people at the top who are like, or at least propagated by them, who are like, yeah, this is how I become more powerful and my best self and the ubermensch. Yeah. I think it's because in the 21st century, you cannot flaunt that you have a massive fuck-off car made of gold because people are like, (laughs) that's actually a bit gauche. That You come across quite bad. But you can (laughs) flaunt that you have like 
bags and bags of time and energy. Mm-hmm. And then people ape after that. And because, and, you know, the same way people always have, like the, the powerful people dictate the fashions mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. all aspects of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that means what you've got now is like the proletariat trying to like roll themselves into circles after they finish working at the fast food place. But before they go off to the Amazon depot, they're trying to do like five forward rolls and land on a dog for TikTok. <laughs> That's where we are. Hi, I'm Jack Evans, and this is Amando's Culture Wars Update. It initially seems bonker to draw a line between lifestyle and wellness stuff and reactionary politics. The archetypal alt-right dweeb is a white teenage boy, as angry as he is greasy, the sweat of his pale face faintly reflecting the glow of a 4chan phrenology message board. Not your vegan auntie who likes astrology and crystal healing. But log on to your auntie's phone while she's having a gong bath and take a look at what the algorithm's bumping through and you might discover the same grotesque 4chan posts. Of course, they will be much more pixelated and captioned with the word awakening and maybe a praying hands emoji. This last horrible year has been horrible for many reasons. One of them is that it's quite fertile ground for conspiratorial thinking. And it happened pretty quick too. Sean did a deep dive into mad 5G conspiracy stuff back in April 2020, episode 44, The Mass That Bled Blood. But this segment's not about the conspiracies themselves, but how they've spread through lifestyle, new age wellness groups, this sort of amorphous blob of stuff that seems pretty innocent and all right. There are influences in these areas that have been spreading conspiracy stuff. And some of it's like lightweight, like suggesting turmeric can cure the coronavirus. But also... Some of it is hardcore QAnon, Pizzagate stuff. It's so bad that people in the community are worrying about it. Like internationally renowned yoga practitioners and wellness influencers like Sean Korn have started initiatives to like reach out, challenge and debunk this stuff. And they're finding it hard because it's it's rooted itself in. But why? Why is it happening? Well, there's a bunch of reasons. First, we often associate the sort of lifestyle yoga wellness blob with like middle class hippies from the late 60s onwards. But before this, I'm talking decades before this, do you know who was well into alternative medicine, astrology and distorting Eastern spirituality? 1930s fascists. SS leader Himmler was into yoga and astrology. He genuinely said, In the Third Reich, we have had to forbid astrology. Those who contravene the regulations can expect to be locked up in a concentration camp until the war is over. Himmler thought astrology was so powerful it should be forbidden unless you're in the Nazi command. If you're interested, I looked it up. Himmler was a Libra. It's pretty common knowledge that the Nazis stole and distorted the swastika, which in Sanskrit literally means well-being, and the term Aryan, which referred to a race of light-skinned conquerors in the Vedas, which is the ancient Hindu text. But it wasn't just the Nazis, like English fascists were also well into this stuff in the same period. Retired British military officials uh, Francis Yates Brown and JFC Fuller were both big fans of fascism and yoga. I think they both served time in India, which of course at this time remained part of the English Empire. In the late 1930s, Yates Brown wrote that his two heroes were Gandhi and Hitler. So this history kind of suggests that maybe these two spheres are not as mutually exclusive as you might initially assume. So why were these evil bastards so into this stuff? Well, they saw it a bit differently from your Auntie Linda. It fit with their ideas about a master race of superior individuals with mastery over their own body. A body that was sovereign, a body that was free of like foreign poison. Hopefully Auntie Linda isn't talking about blood and soil, but the opportunity 
for similar distortions continues. The idea of the sovereign individual having power over their own body, the idea of nothing being as it seems and having access to a privileged truth, the idea that your mastery over your own body can give you a sense of power or even superiority compared to other people who don't have this. These toxic ideas are by no means inherent in yoga or meditation or alternative medicine, but they can be bent to them in the 2020s, just as they were in the 1930s. There's academics who research conspiracies, and they've actually coined terms to describe the spread of reactionary conspiracy theories in this space, such as conspirituality and pastel QAnon. What they're talking about is the way the aesthetics and language of wellness, especially those more popular with women, are co-opted to spread real rough stuff. And researchers are having a nightmare pinning it down because the language is so often coded, making it hard to document and hard to fight. It's not wall-to-wall Pizzagate this stuff. You'll get a big load of posts about veganism and acupuncture and inspirational quotes over a sunset. It's just that every now and then, one of the inspirational quotes over a sunset will allude to Satan-worshipping pedo cults. There are examples of yoga influencers inviting QAnon conspiracists onto their platforms, But most of the grim stuff is concealed in vague messages about enlightenment or freeing your mind or save the children, which is arguably more effective than the classic greasy teen boy 4chan method. Greasy teen boy started posting the exact same stuff just brazenly on Instagram. They'd get obliterated by the moderation systems, but the vagueness of this stuff gives the posters plausible deniability and makes it much more difficult for algorithms or even human people doing this to pick up on it. And there's another layer to this as well. It's like some of the people spreading these messages might not even believe it at all. They're just gaming the algorithm. The pandemic has decimated their industry and thousands of people pivoted to online content at the same time. Now, in that circumstance, if you're one post about how Bill Gates is injecting children with 5G nanomachines does better than your 50 posts about downward-facing dog and you need to pay the gas bill, it's not that surprising if you start cranking out more of the former. Because the question people have, the question people have that the QAnon seems to answer is like, what the hell's going on in politics, and why does my vote feel like it goes in the bin? If if everyone around me really wants like just to live a good life, why is that not happening? Yeah, and and their answer is like, oh, because a, a pizza parlor is a paedophile ring, and people are like, oh, that's a good explanation, <laughs> and then that's their life. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an the answer. The lifestyle question is yeah. like, why am I? Why do I feel sick? Like, why do uh, I constantly feel ill? I feel yeah. run down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, what's that about? Is we well, haven't done this X, Y, and Z, but if you do it, if you take these miracle cures, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you'll feel a bit better. And it, it, it's because it's snake oil salesmen have always come in where, like, there just isn't an actual doctor in the village who can go, <laughs> oh, I'll look after you competently and I have the resources to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you've got nothing else, like, if you're alienated and disenfranchised because of... Um, you know, how fucked, you know, aspects of modern medicine are and uh, how it's, and and, well, and just modern life more widely. It's very easy to become alienated and disenfranchised. And then if someone gives you a path out of that and also a path that is, leads to seemingly coherent answers that just explain everything and say like, well, actually all the bad stuff is caused by a Satan worshipping uh, cannibal paedophiles there's a weird comfort you could find in that if you're not having a good time and you're scared and you're alone and also if you're like fucked because you, you never move you just sit in different vehicles that move mm. you between like places you sell your labor mm. if something ever convinces you to try doing a stretch or like some jumps 
your completely endorphin-starved body is going to mm. feel like it's just had crack and you will have a religious <laughs> experience. If you sit still for one month straight and then do something that really tires you out, you're going to feel like you've just seen the eye of God and you will, you will listen to whoever told you to do those exercises. It'll feel great. But obviously, long-term, it wears off again. It wears off again and then you're back where you were. Do you know, I was once booked for a gig yeah, and I found out that the... That, that the promoter of the gig does Reiki on livestock with a tambourine. Why? And I had to pull out. <laughs> why didn't you, why would you pull out? I would go to that gig. I would prioritize she wasn't gonna do it. it in the gig. She wasn't going to do it in the gig. It told me, right. this is by prejudice talking. And uh -huh. as a prejudice, I'm going to tell you now, I will never overcome because <laughs> I think it belongs inside me, which is that someone that does that's probably not going to run mm -hmm. a good gig. Someone that heals horses with a tambourine, they're not going to run a, a, a gig that I'd want to come back to. So I'm probably not not going to go there. No, but I've been in conversations with people that go, oh, I, I, you know, someone was talking to someone and they're telling me mm. about like being at work mm. and they they do guided meditations. Mm. I don't know if that was their main job or yeah, like a yeah, side yeah. thing. And she was saying, oh yeah, I really kind of got confused and forgot my meditation, so I just made up loads of random images for them to think about just to see if they would just do it and say anything. And they didn't say anything and they said it made them feel great. So whew, got away with that. And it's like, what, as opposed to like the other stuff, you're just making people picture things for a yeah, while. Yeah. I'm not to say that can't have an effect, but like someone, someone <laughs> telling me like for fun, yeah, for fun, I just made them imagine loads of irrelevant things that should have no benefit on their health. <laughs> and no one, including me, could tell the difference. Cool, man. It sounds like you're a you're good. Sounds like you've got a good <laughs> job when you do. Sounds like you're helping people. <laughs> Fuck. But I mean, I don't. I don't say anything. And maybe yeah. I, part of me even wonders: Am I being like an edge? I feel like I'm being an edge. I feel yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the moment I'm saying like Reiki does nothing because you can't heal through touch. Agro I feel Dawkins. like I'm Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I should be on Comedy Unleashed. Yeah. Where did this fedora on my head come from? Why have I Mandatory Redistribution Party rich? was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean <laughs> with additional music from Jack Evans. Thank you for listening. An extra special thanks to those of you who support us on Patreon and share episodes on social media. We honestly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep honking, folks. Keep honking. <laughs> <laughs>